you or someone you love have scoliosis? Are you wondering what's next? What is life going to be like from now on? Or is this even a big deal? Hi, my name is Dave Butler, and welcome to the Scoliosis Experience. We are here to talk with real people, both patients, parents, and providers, to bring hope and clarity to the road ahead. Thanks for joining us, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. In this episode, I talk to Lainey Wadsworth, who is an amazing example of overcoming trials and and difficulties with scoliosis. She talks about her experience with being diagnosed with scoliosis as a teenager, as well as as she progressed to needing surgery and the difficulties she had when she was told that she wouldn't be able to compete in dance anymore after that. She talks about how she overcame that and eventually became a world champion in ballroom dance, which was pretty amazing and shows the drive that she has for life and for overcoming scoliosis and the back pain that she has. This would be a great episode for anyone who is looking to learn about the experience of being diagnosed or of surgery or of overcoming obstacles. This would be an amazing episode for anyone who is in dance and wants to continue with dance with scoliosis and even after surgery. This would even be an amazing episode for anyone to listen to that is looking for inspiration and in how to overcome obstacles. So give this episode a listen, and I'm really grateful that Lainey was willing to do this episode with me, and here she is. Welcome to our 12th episode of the Scoliosis Experience podcast. I'm here with Lainey. Uh, Lainey is someone who has a lot of experience with scoliosis and has an amazing story, and I came to know her through a patient of mine who, who knows her as well. So then I went and kind of researched and saw what your experience was, and I thought you'd be great for this podcast. So Lainey, just take a minute or two and and introduce yourself to us. I am Elaine Wadsworth, but I also go for um, as Elaney, as my friends would call me. So you guys are all welcome to call me Lainey. And I um, was contacted by David. He is a therapist, and I'm all about supporting the scoliosis community and I'm super excited about being here today to share my story and give help to in whatever ways I can give help um so you want me to explain my story or like say my story maybe kind of kind of like what we did right before we started recording just kind of give us an overview of why we should listen to you about scoliosis okay um okay so I was diagnosed when I was 12 I believe I was in seventh grade um being brought into the locker room we had a bunch of nurses there who check your back and I was the one out of everybody in the grade to have scoliosis and it terrified me I was quickly put in a body brace for five years and during that time I I danced as an escape to feel a little bit more free honestly the body brace is not very comfortable to wear right I wanted to feel a little bit normal, so I did the dancing. Um, after high school, I received a scholarship to go to college for dancing. I continued dancing, and um, in that time that I was dancing in college, I had a really awesome opportunity to dance on a TV show called Dancing with the Stars with my college league team, where we won a Mirror Ball trophy. 
Um, I graduated college and a few years later, I needed to approach a situation that, you know, my back was still hurting me and I knew that I had to take a look at it. So I met with the doctor and they said, you've got three more years to your puncturing a lung and I could no longer delay the process of having surgery. So we went straight into having surgery where I was fused from T1 down to L3, which majority of your spine. And I grew three inches taller and had to learn everything all over again. I had to learn how to walk, roll over, sit up, get dressed. And I was very fortunate to be able to even learn how to dance again. I had a, a partner of mine who I danced with like in the beginning of my years of college. And he approached me and asked if I would audition with him and see if I would give it another shot. I was like, well, I have nothing to lose because I've literally had to start all over again. My body, everything was completely different from what it was before. And that was a major challenge and we can talk about that later. But um, I figured I had nothing to lose. Why not give it a shot? So and it was a good distraction for myself as I was still recovering from um, the surgery and dealing with the pain. And so I actually started dancing and we were back on the floor about seven or eight months after I had surgery. And a year later, we became a world champion. And it's been such an awesome, um, awesome journey um, through it all. And I'm so glad that I had that opportunity to dance. I still dance today. I don't dance as much as I used to. I'd like to keep my foot in the door every once in a while to performances here and there. And then I became also, I actually became a model and actor um, to kind of broaden that world of keep myself entertained and keep myself busy so that I'm not stuck at home or thinking about the pain that I may be feeling. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool nutshell. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, so to rewind just a little bit, you were told that you wouldn't dance again. Is that, is that right? So yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember going into surgery and that day that I had to sign the papers, my doctor and the nurses, they were all telling me like, Hey, so we heard you were on dancing with the stars. It's pretty amazing. Um, but you know, like, what are you going to do after this? And I just had that, that thought of, well, I've done everything that I, that I could do. And I'm, I'm so glad that I, that I did it. And I'm glad for the opportunity. I'm just going to have to figure out what to do next afterwards. I literally did not know that I would be able or capable of dancing again. And it's, it's not the same. It definitely isn't. I had to learn everything all over again, but um, even in the hospital room, this is a cool story is my doctor even played music right before being taken under and he's like well this is your last chance so whatever you want to get out let's get it out right now and he he played like a jitterbug song and we ended up doing like lindy hop jitterbug in the hospital room right before wow. being taken under and i'm very very grateful for for that doctor he was a really good doctor yeah. but the, the whole time you're thinking this is your last last hurrah there I honestly thought that was my last hurrah for sure wow it's pretty amazing that seven months later you're back on the dance floor and and doing that that's pretty yeah, cool lots of tears for sure <laughs> I can't yeah. even like, control my emotions as the music even began and I like my body wanted to shake because I was so nervous and yeah. um yeah it was 
it was an incredible experience and I still to this day like um, music starts and I definitely don't take advantage of it like I I know that you know I had to get myself here and I wanted to this is something that's just in my blood and something that brings me so much joy and happiness and um, I'm very grateful for any opportunity I get to feel music yeah. and move. That's awesome. So if we rewind a little further, so you were diagnosed, do you remember what your curve degree was when you were diagnosed? I think I was a 24, 22, somewhere around there. Okay. And I understand I was like a borderline of, well, we have to put her in a brace or, you know, or it'll get worse. And right. you know, that's, that's why we went to, um, Shriners Hospital for the body brace and to talk to other doctors about my situation. So then you're in a brace for five years. That's a long time. Tell us, tell us about that. Tell us what five years was like in a brace. Uh, 23 hours a day. And that one hour that I had off, I was cleaning that brace because it can get really nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, the brace went underneath like my um, my armpit and then past my waist, it was like, I felt like it was a turtle shell <laughs> and I like it pushed me. It was thick. It was like two inches thick. And surprisingly, I still have my body brace to this day. I actually found it the other day. I'm like, oh, why wow. do I even still have this? It's because <laughs> it was like a big part of my life. I mean, those yeah, are like yeah. crucial years that I had to wear that body brace. It was begin or the end of junior high all throughout high school that I was wearing that body brace I got stuck on doors I got hit by a car once which is crazy and I mean <laughs> it was just <laughs> some really funny stories but I wore it I wore it all the time and I did it because I knew that I didn't want to get worse and I knew that I was trying to do my very best to prevent anything from worsening or getting, you know, really bad or out of control. So this is their way of controlling it. It yeah. was uncomfortable and it was, it was difficult to wear. I mean, we even go on family vacations to Florida of all places. And it was so hot there during the summertime and mm -hmm. I'm wearing this body brace and I just, it was really, really hard. I think I really wish that I had focused more on um, on a muscular structure of creating a muscular structure rather than relying on the brace so much. Um, we went to therapy, physical therapy every once in a while, but I don't think that there was enough done so that when I had to get rid of the brace or that I, I was done growing or that I got the opportunity to be a little bit more freer, <laughs> It was really painful. Um, my body was overcompensating and it would weaken and it was hard to hold myself up. So I believe that even after getting rid of the body brace, we knew that we still had to have surgery later down the road. But I, I do believe that um, getting rid of the body brace and not having that to rely on to hold myself up, it was really, really hard. And um, my back probably did actually get worse and even though I was a dancer and I was trying to stay in shape and and do all that stuff it just I wish I had done more in the time that I was growing and adjusting mm. with the yeah and I think sometimes we underestimate that 
a lot of surgeons, they'll put you in the brace. And then when you're done with the brace, they're like, okay, you're done with the brace, but nothing is addressed with, wait, how does my body adjust to not having that brace? How does it, how do the muscles kick back in? You know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I feel like there is a huge gap of not knowing and it's, and you know, us that suffer with scoliosis, we're only told what, you know, the doctor is telling us, but by ourselves, we're experiencing something different and everyone's going to be different as well. But I think it's really important to be aware of your body and to understand that there is weakness or there is something that needs to be fixed. So then, so that when we feel that weakness or that pain, we're like, okay, that tells me that I need to work on this area. Right. That's, that's why I think it's really important to be a little bit more aware and open to adjusting and adapting. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it's a constant thing. I think anybody, everybody at this time needs to be aware of that a constant change and adapting. It's never, it's never to be left alone. If that makes sense, we shouldn't yeah. ignore that and pretend that we're living this life and say, you got to do the work. You have to do the work. Yeah. And back then, you know, I don't know where you lived at, at that time, but scoliosis specific exercise, you know, not just core strengthening wasn't really, it didn't really have a foothold in the U S back at that time. And, and now it does, thank goodness. And we have a lot of good techniques that are specific to scoliosis, but the stuff that you're talking about, about listening to your body and about knowing what's going on, that's stuff that we teach a lot of our scoliosis patients now to, to know what's going on and adjust for that, which it's very, very intuitive. I mean, you felt it just as someone with scoliosis, but yeah. you treat it that way now. It's that's so good. Um, yeah, we, I had no idea. They, I had yeah. a lot of people, a lot of, uh, therapists tell me like, well, let's work on your flexibility. And I'm like, well, I'm a dancer. super <laughs> flexible. So you can stretch me all you want, but I don't see any work or anything to benefit me. I think it was actually when I was going to college and I was taking a health class that I realized like, oh, there's a little more that I can do to help myself in this, in this process of, of foreign body that no one really knows about. And that's why I like more health stuff as well. Like food makes a huge difference. Um, And nutrition is really, really key as well. I mean, helping yourself out with that. So yeah, I'm so glad to hear that people are a lot more knowledgeable and just educated in that area. It's so important. It's been a change that's been happening, happening very slowly in the U S but at least it's happening. Yeah. Thank goodness. You said when you were, when you got out of the brace, when the surgeon told you, you didn't have to wear that anymore that you kind of knew that you were going to need surgery in the future. Uh, do you know what degree your curve was at that point? I believe I was at a getting out of the body brace. I have it on my website. I, I wrote it down. I think it was like a 68 or something like that. The curvage was at 68. Uh-huh. Um, and then I had another curvage of like 11 or 12 in the lower part. I, yeah. Yeah, I I think I remember it being being like that. I it was so scary for me though. Um, when they brought up every single time they took a, a picture of my spine and they brought it up in front of me, and I was like, "Well, that's not normal." 
<laughs> I know something's a little twisted in there, and but it it also I don't know I I do know actually at the time I just felt like there was just this dark cloud that just was above me. It was the unknown of knowing what to do or how to go about it or when when I was had to have the surgery. And it was just in the, there was just like well it's just a matter of time how much you can handle it and deal with it. And I'm like okay. See, there are a lot of people that have severe scoliosis and are required to have the, the surgery. And it's, they all say like, it's a matter of time and how you're feeling. Right. And then they think, well, if I have the surgery, then the pain will go away. Right. And to be completely honest, and I, it's hard to say because I don't want to like destroy someone or like make them think negative or something but the truth is is there is a different pain that comes from surgery and you will you will be suffering um the pain of the hardware that's in it's a foreign object that's in your spine and um depending on even like muscle mass and your your um body fat around those muscles and that hardware it, it can be it can be very painful um the weather affects you and you're never the same. Anybody that has a surgery, you're just never the same after having surgery. And there is a different type of pain that you will, you will have to deal with. Um, so I always tell people like, if you don't have to have surgery, don't have it. There are other options to help you um, manage that pain. And that's like, that's like working out, that's nutrition, that's getting the right sleep and just like really being in tune with your body. And I don't think people really give themselves enough credit to be able to handle that type of situation. Um, In my case, people also ask like, well, if you had the opportunity or if you had to choose to have the surgery or not, would you have done it? I'm like, no, I would have not done it. I would have not done it. No, I wouldn't have. Um, I I wish that I I didn't have to have it. Um, But I also wanted to live. I didn't want to puncture a lung and um, right. I, I definitely wanted to live a full life. So, yeah. yeah and, I, and I definitely have teenage patients who they're, they're not having a ton of pain, but their curve is progressing. And sometimes they're just like, well, I'll just wait until surgery and then get it fixed. And, and so sometimes that's the case because surgery is this fix, but, but it's good to hear from someone who's had surgery that, it's not always a complete fix. You know, if we keep it from getting to the, the size where it needs surgery, uh, all the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, after having my surgery, like everything is straight, right? Everything, is, <laughs> I was very, very fortunate. Sometimes they can't actually fuse you to make your spine actually straight. Right. Um, it's, it's very, very scary. I've seen other surgeries where just like, they still have the curvature, but they're all braced up. Um, yeah. But like, even after having my spine straightened, I learned later down the road that my lower spine was overcompensating because I didn't have the, the muscular structure that it started actually curving as well. So I now actually still have scoliosis in my lower spine, the last like three to four vertebrae that I have left. <laughs> and right. I'm being cautious and I'm like, well, I don't want to go in again to have surgery. So I really, really try hard to have that core support and that lower spine support um, and creating that muscular structure. So it's like, it's like a human brace rather than exactly. much on doctorate stuff. 
Exactly. That's, I mean, that's great that you're proactively looking at that. I see a lot of patients who reactively just look at it, but looking at it and stabilizing and, and all that, I think that's fantastic. It's really important. And it is a lifestyle as well. People, people ask like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, well, when you're dealing with a lot of pain, you're, you just finally is like, you'll do anything to uh-huh. get yourself to be in that high, high, high right. chronic pain. So you got out of the brace, you, you were dancing, which actually is pretty cool that you were able to go to high level dance with having that large of a scoliosis curve. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Some of the, a lot of the patients I see are dancers with scoliosis. And, and I think sometimes they think that they can't do as much because they have a scoliosis curve, but not the case. You can, you can still be a high level functioning dancer, even with a big curve. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, like, there are all sorts of shapes and sizes and people like everyone is different, completely different. So what's stopping you from continuing to like, to dream, to keep, to keep doing what you want to do to keep dancing. I mean, I think we're our worst critic for sure. And we are so hard on ourselves and we need to really just loosen up and let go. And I mean, even for myself to this day, I'm still battling with that because I used to dance differently. I used to move differently. I was so much more flexible in the spine. I could do cool tricks, but I also discovered like what my strengths are with the new body that I have now. And I wouldn't have been able to discover that had I not given myself that chance. Along with that, you know, with, with a fairly large scoliosis curve and being a dancer, it was probably fairly noticeable, you know, that you scoliosis curve how did you deal with that how did you feel about that um before prior to surgery I actually was self-conscious of just being in that teenage year trying to discover yourself and accepting yourself I had a hump on my back and I would I would want to hide it like I even like was embarrassed about being in a swimsuit like I just was because I thought I was so different and I didn't want I didn't want people to treat me different either. Right. A, a fun fact about myself. I didn't, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm, I have an identical twin sister and she doesn't have scoliosis. So really? I had a mirror image of someone else looking <laughs> like this perfect anatomical body. And then I was different. I was like, you know, I just really had a hard time accepting myself though. I felt like being in the dance world um, really really challenged me to, to really just get comfortable in my own skin. Um, we are put in front of lights, cameras, and um, in front of mirrors, like we're constantly, it's something yeah. in front of us to look at us. And we have to express a story. And there was so many times also through dance where it's like, I was going through so much, like either trauma or like depression in in my own life, but the dance was my escape. And it was a way of being able to express my feelings without being able to express them through my verbiage. So body became a really important um, tool in my life in order to express how I was feeling or tell a story. I think that's 
like the really beautiful part about dance. Now, after I had my surgery and I had this gnarly scar on my spine, I was a little bit timid. Like I had just also decided to start modeling and there were shirts that would like come down a little bit further and show my scar or um, I even had I had some experiences of people discovering that I had a scar and they were disappointed in the scar. And so that kind of made me also want to hide or okay. not accept myself. And it wasn't until like, I just, I, I sat there and I just, why am I feeling this way? And I'm like, this is like, I get to control my own feelings. So I wanted to take over and I, I had dresses from then on for my competitions that were backless. And I was incredibly proud of the person stepping out on that floor with that scar and all. I was so, so much prouder of like, look how far I've come. And this is, I always tell people when they have their surgery or if they're going through a hard time, like write it down, write where you are are feeling whatever you have in your mind, just write it all out so that when you come back to that or that you are further down in the future, you can see how far you've actually come. And so I remember, like, again, dance has been like a saving grace for me of being able to open my eyes and appreciate that body even more. But I remember in the very beginning, waking up from surgery, destroy, just destroyed and there are so many times even even today like I wake up and I feel so destroyed because my body is hurting so bad but I I remember like where I was and rock bottom and then um what I've been capable of doing and just having that reminder is so important um so now it's a little different I I definitely embrace the scar and I embrace the changes that I have and I embrace the fact that I am an individual and I am not like anybody including my identical twin sister (laughs) it's it's pretty it's a rad feeling and it's also really um freeing as well I did not know you had an identical twin sister so that's uh be warned if you ever see her (laughs) you it's probably not me but right well we both we all the part and we all will say yeah hi and stuff like that yeah (laughs) well that's that's amazing and going through that whole experience with identity and you know being a model and with that scar that that's pretty amazing that how far you've come i i think that's a great suggestion for someone that is diagnosed with scoliosis or had surgery or anything like that write down where you are so you can see how far you've come i think in in life all of us could probably benefit from doing that too with all of the challenges that we have. So you kind of explained a little bit about how surgery was and, you know, the, the pain afterwards. Anything else about that experience that you think would be helpful for someone who's either looking at having surgery or trying to recover from surgery? Well, let's start with, my mind went straight to the people that are possibly recovering from surgery. Um, mm-hmm. I am, I think, eight eight years, seven, eight years from surgery, and I still suffer with pain. And when the doctor comes to you and says, no, this is going to be like a two-year process of recovery, or you got six months, like, don't, I, I remember feeling, uh, 
so discouraged when it when it, my six months was up or that the two years was up and just feeling like oh, I have not I feel like I'm still suffering so much just don't don't get don't get discouraged don't give up just keep like the treat it as like today I get to do something about it uh, and just and just keep listening to that body when and I tell people I'm like if you're tired your body's telling you tired rest like that is so key because it's telling you like it's needing to recover from something and so just lie down um I, I tell them like get ice packs and whatever you can do more natural resources that I have a lot of those you guys ever want to know but natural stuff of just recovering and giving your body that credit to recover rather than even depending on um, heavy narcotics. I had a few years where I was depending on heavy narcotics and I'm so glad that I got myself off of all of that um, because it was a bandage and it numbed my body. And I, and during that time of numbing, I, I was actually doing worse to my body and not letting it recover. So it's better to be aware of the body, even though it's maybe be painful, but having that awareness allows you to be able to fix the problem, then manage it and just keep going. So people that are thinking about having surgery, I would, I would suggest doing whatever you can do before having surgery. So uh-huh. search out options, talk to people that have gone through it. And, you know, figure out what would be best for you. There are tons of options. And trust me when I say it's just better to hold off than to just go straight into surgery. It is a lifestyle. So write down your goals. What, what is it that you want to accomplish during this time? And um, what type, like, what do you want to be feeling? the resources are out there. They can come to you and ask for help. They can come to like uh, people like me and ask for help. And we're out there. I wish that I had, I had that resource when I was younger. And, uh, and, but it's cool to know now that like, if you're diagnosed and you're so scared, like, guess what? You're not alone at all. We are, we're here as a community, as a tribe. And we are so happy to, to help you out. Did you feel like you were the only one with scoliosis? Yeah, for a very, very long time, I felt like I was the only one with scoliosis. It wasn't, you know, I, I had, I had surgery and like having, I felt very alone. I didn't know anybody that had the surgery before. And it was probably like even a couple of years later that I finally like I would see someone with a scar or someone would approach me and tell me like, Hey, I went through it too. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, talk to me about it. Like, are you still feeling it? Are you feeling the storms that are coming in? And, and that like slowly I was, I was creating that tribe that I, that I needed to help support me in this process of healing. And then I became an advocate. I I became a supporter for the people and I, I go and visit other people as well. And, and I try and help them and because I knew that it would have been helpful for me and I, yeah. I try to treat other people the same way that I would have, would have wanted to be treated too. Do you wish that you would have gotten to know someone who was braced when you were braced? I mean, even oh. from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, even from the beginning, I really wish that I'd known 
who else was going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been a lot easier. Um, and it would have been good to have that person to just like relate to, even if, yeah. even if we were both suffering, like we could just be like, Oh man, this sucks, you know, <laughs> but it's okay. You know? And like, yeah, yeah. it would have been, it would have been a lot easier. It would have been a lot better. And that's something as a provider that I really think is a big takeaway from a lot of these podcast episodes is connect people with other people who know what they're going through. Yeah. Because as a provider, I really don't as much as I think I do. I didn't experience that. So to connect, connect people together so that they can uh, support each other. I think that's key. That is, it's huge key. And I feel like uh, when you do that, those people that have experienced it's any experience that you've gone through, you can only, you can only say what you know, right? Yeah. And so having, making that connection and having that knowledge of those people knowing and understanding it's, they can sympathize and they can show so much more compassion because they have gone through that same experience. So I really do appreciate you doing this. And um, if, if I can help anybody out there, I'm just, I'm here and I'm a listening ear and I will give you whatever advice I know and tools that I know to, to help them out. And I'm so glad that you're one of those physical therapists that really want to understand because, you know, sometimes everybody's different, right? And sometimes we walk in there and we want to know that we can trust this person and know that we're in good hands. And obviously right. you are definitely one to, to trust with our, our bodies to, to get better. So I really do appreciate your work. Well, thank you for that. And it's interesting, most, I I don't know of any scoliosis patient that wouldn't benefit from talking to you because you've experienced pretty much anything that a scoliosis patient would experience. Surgery, bracing, uh, you know, dancing with a large curve, back pain, any of those things. So is there a way that people can either follow you or contact you? Is there anything like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm an open book guys. So if you want to contact me, you can contact me through my uh, website, elainewadsworth.com or um, elainewadsworth at gmail.com. Or if you just want to follow me on Instagram, my um, handler is Lainey Lane. So L-A-N-N-I-E underscore Lane, L-A-N-E. And uh, follow along, see see what I'm up to, and uh, or share your story. I'm always so so excited when I get to hear other people's stories because, see, I'm still recovering. I'm still in the process of going through pain, and I know that I will. And this is the lifestyle. But knowing that you guys are out there and that we are connecting is just really important to me, as I would think it would be important for you. And in any ways, like I'm still learning things from other people. And so I just, I would love, I would love to have more connections with anybody out there that may be having a hard time or going through a great time, like share me your experience, or I'm, I'm here as a listening ear or giving whatever advice I can. And So I'll, I'll put the information, your contact information in the notes for this episode. So people can, can refer to that. And like I said, I think you'd be a great support for anyone that needs support. And like you said, all of us kind of need support anyway. You're still going through some stuff and it probably helps to talk to people who are in the same type of journey that you're in. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. 
Cool. Thank you for sharing your experience and, and sharing such an awesome journey that you've had. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me and take care.